is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Breaking the Goal Line Podcast. I am your host, as always, Russell Goddard, and I'm coming to you live after the Thursday night football game. Bucks at Eagles. Honestly, kind of a snooze fest the first three and a half quarters. And then the Buccaneers just let the Eagles back in this football game. I honestly don't know if I've ever seen anything like this. I don't know what the fuck they were doing. They were. It was kind of like two tale of two different halves, you know, tale of two different cities, a tale of two different halves almost with this Bucks game. Ended up edging out the win. I got some thoughts on that right off the bat. Thoughts on Jalen Hurts right off the bat. Um, we're also gonna get into all these Week Six games like we always do. Week Six not a huge slate of a lot of good games to be honest. When you look around, there's a lot of fill of uh, you know Dolphins against Jags and and Rams against the you know without Daniel Jones against the Giants. A lot of games that you look down, you're like, ah, probably not a good game. Some sleepy, sneaky games here this week that I want to get in and talk about. The Sunday night game, I think that uh, no Russell Wilson is huge for the Seattle Seahawks. Pivotal moment here, I think, for both teams, Seahawks and the Steelers. We'll talk about that and get into the bets of the week, as always, on a Monday. But first... Like always, if you can go ahead and subscribe, that would be fantastic if you have not. And if you already have, thank you very much. I do appreciate it. Let's go. Week six. Also, a little side note. I am finishing up the NLDS right now. This amazing series, uh, San Francisco and the Dodgers, Giants and the Dodgers right now. Bottom of the seventh, two outs right now. Fantastic game. All these games have been great in this series. Uh, this is the last one. Winner goes to the CS. So I'll be looking, checking on that every once in a while. So if a big bat pops, you might hear some live reaction right here off the bat on some postseason baseball. But we're not going to talk a little baseball. We're going to talk about this action tonight, Thursday night football. Tampa Bay goes into Philadelphia, is able to pull off the win. And to be honest, it looked like a cakewalk. I mean, it just looked like Tom Brady and the boys just walked in there, stroll through the park. Just nice, easy stroll through Philadelphia, up the steps, see the Rocky statue, go, oh, oh, there's the Liberty Bell. Just, Just stroll through Philadelphia. The Eagles couldn't do shit. They couldn't do anything. They could not move the ball. They couldn't run the ball. The Philadelphia Eagles did not have 100 total yards of offense until the fourth quarter. And yet... And yet this game ended 28 to 22 when halfway through the third quarter, it was 28 to seven, 28 to seven. Each team scored on their opening possession and the Bucks again, they, they begin to score again. And again, you know, next thing you know, this game was, it felt like it was out of hand halfway through the third quarter, 28 to seven. I was ready to pack it in, start the pot up at maybe, you know, seven minutes, eight minutes into the fourth quarter. But that's not what happened. Jalen Hurts in this defense is really pretty much what it happened on. And a really bad fourth and two call by Bruce Arians led the Eagles back into this football game some some way, somehow. It, it was nuts. It just it felt like they were going through the park and they got bored. They they got bored. You know, Vita Vea just got bored of eating Jalen Hurts' lunch all night. They just, they said, you know what, we need to make it a little exciting. Look, for me, you know, it was exciting, I'm sure. For the fans there, thinking that Eagles could come back and win this football game. But at the end of the day, the better team won. They are the better team. The Eagles aren't a bad team, but they're not a good team. They're a physical team. And I think Sirianni is more of a physical dominant coach than I gave him credit for. Didn't really know a lot about him. So what was I supposed to do when the guy comes over after being an offensive coordinator for one year? You know, I didn't know what to think. He's a good coach. And this team, they're not a good team, but they're not a bad team. But my thing with the Philadelphia Eagles is, and this is what they need to figure out, and they got to figure it out this year. When I watch Jalen Hurts, I don't really think he can play. Honestly. Honestly, I, I don't. And, I, I, and this is just, this is this might be a little Kirk Cousins effect. Remember when Kirk Cousins, you know, his numbers were okay on Sundays. But anytime he played on a primetime game, Thursday night, Monday night, Sunday night, even the Fox game of the week, he shit the bed. He was a dud. Now, look, Jalen Hurts had, what, two rushing touchdowns tonight? But he was horrible throwing the football. Every time I watch Jalen Hurts, he's either throwing it up for grabs or running the ball. And he makes awful decisions when he runs the football. He takes collisions. He doesn't know how to slide. He doesn't go out of bounds. I don't know if Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback. I mean, I've said it before that he's better than I thought he was, 
but he has games where he's pretty good. And then he has games where it's like, what are you doing? Where I, and I understand this front seven is a dominant front seven. You got JPP, Shaq Barrett, Vita Vea, and the boys just barreling down on you on every play. I understand. I understand your offensive line is going through a lot of, uh, you know, interchangeable pieces. I get that. But, man, this guy takes the snap out of a fucking five-step shotgun, immediately rolls to his right and tries to sling the ball 65 yards to one of his 5'8 wide receivers. What are we doing? Every time I watch the Eagles, this is what I see. It's hor- It's terrible. It's it, it's honestly hard to watch. It's hard to watch. When Jalen has the ball on Jalen's good games, those are fun games to watch. But when Jalen is not being spectacular, he's not a good quarterback. It's either Jalen Hurts is spectacular or he's below average. At one point tonight, he was 5 of 18 for 46 passing yards. 5 of 18 for 46 passing yards in the second half. What are we doing? I mean, the uh, I, I, you can't really run the ball against the Bucks, so they weren't really running it. Now, Miles did eventually get a couple good carries in the second half. They tried to run it after, you know, making some good plays, some good passing plays, open up, you know, the run with the pass. I get it. I thought it was awful. I thought the Eagles were an atrocious football game through three and a half quarters, <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much three and a half quarters, they were an atrocious football game. I mean, the, 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 the pretty much the fourth quarter and half of it is when they really looked good, and they didn't even look good. Bucks looked bad. They just gave this football game back to the Eagles. This game should have been this honestly. This game should have ended thirty-four to seven. It should have been thirty-four to seven. Game should have been done. I should have already recorded this part of my podcast forty minutes ago. But instead, somehow, this game ends in a six-point win by the Bucks, twenty-eight to seven, halfway through the third quarter. And I don't want to hear, oh, Jalen Hurts is good in the fourth. He leads comeback drives. No, he doesn't. He doesn't lead comeback drives. Dude had four starts last year, and he's had six now this year. Ten starts, and he leads comeback drives. What, because he had one last year against the lousy Giants? Because he had one last week against the Carolina Panthers, which I don't even know what happened in that football game. Sam Darnold, three interceptions. That that, that all was a terrible offensive performance. Defense kind of shit the bed towards the end. I don't want to hear this. Jalen Hurts plays great in the fourth quarter. Jalen Hurts just knows how to win. Does he know how to win? He's got a losing record, 10, 10, 10 starts. So uh, is that is that knowing how to win? Uh, no, I, I don't know. I, I look at Jalen Hurts with different – it seems like every time I watch him, I see a different player, and that is a red flag for me. I don't want to see that. Whenever time I watch Tom Brady, who is 44 years old, by the way, and has 17 touchdowns and almost 2,000 yards – uh, through six weeks of the season, holy shit, this guy's on another fucking level. But when I watch Tom Brady, I don't. I see the same thing every time. I don't see something different. I don't see Tom Brady not being able to make those intermediate throws or those deep passes and every once in, uh, skipping balls every once in a while. No, I don't see that. I, every time I watch Jalen Hurts, it's different. He's either trying to sling it deep or make a big run. And if he doesn't, he's finally dumping it off, little dump off stuff. It, it's it, it's inaccurate passes. Right. Or or then sometimes he just tries to play the pocket passer. He doesn't even move. I don't know what I'm getting with Jalen Hurts every time this guy steps on the field. Now, he's an absolutely tremendous athlete and he's a lot better of the a lot better thrower of the football than I originally gave him credit for. I think he's done a lot of work since he's been in the league and has really helped his progression of his arm. But he, he wins with his legs. But guys that win with their legs, they think they can win with their legs all the time. I watched Shaq Barrett hawk down Jalen Hurts twice tonight. Hawk his ass. Full on. It looked like he was moving in slow motion. Troy Aikman said it too on the broadcast. I was watching 50 the whole time just fucking barreling down on him. Jalen, you can't run away from everybody in this league. You're not even as fast as Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson. They can't even run away from everybody. And they're the closest ones to being able to. Look, Jalen Hurts doesn't know how to run. He doesn't know how to throw on the run. He doesn't have any pocket presence. And the Eagles have three first-round picks in next year's draft. Three first-round picks. Their own, the one from Miami, and the one from the Colts. Currently, at the situation, right now, in time, it would be three top ten picks. And they would have to de- 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 you know, decide what they're going to do with Jalen Hurts, I think, at the end of this year. 
I mean, after you see a whole 17 games starting plus the four from last year, if you don't see a lot of progression, I mean, you might have to make a pretty big pivot fast. You hired a young coach, so you need this to kind of go up and, you know, you don't need, you don't need this to go up and smoke real fast. You need this to work. You know, you hire this young coach, so if this young coach can bring in his own quarterback, well, then maybe that extends the life period of the coach and the GM and so on and so forth, and that's how it works. I just, I look at this Eagles team, and I don't see a lot of wins. I see four or five wins. I see a team that's going to play hard a lot of times. I see some teams that have weapons, but I see a quarterback that's so inconsistent. I mean, unbelievably inconsistent. You don't know what you're going to get from this guy, and I just can't have that as my as my cornerback. A side note here, Antonio Brown. Slightly becoming back to form of his old self, just just slightly. He's 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 becoming a form of what he was. Not what he was, but a form of what he was. A little transformation. He's older. He's not as fast or as quick, but he still knows how to use his quickness. And he's still one of the best route runners I have ever seen in my entire life. He is. That dude is an amazing route runner, and he knows how to use his quickness in spots. And Tom Brady loves throwing this guy the football. Antonio Brown is slightly coming back to the form here. That's scary. I mean, that's scary. They get Gronk back fully. You saw O.J. Howard tonight. That guy's a monster. Cameron Bray. They still got Mike Evans. Chris Godwin. Leonard Fournette is just a stud in the backfield. Tom Brady loves having Giovanni Bernard there to throw him the football. Ronald Jones mixing in every once in a while. A really good offensive line. I mean, if this offense... Comes week eight, nine, and ten, they start hitting their stride. They start going. Antonio comes into form. Gronk stays healthy. We we get going. It's gonna be a tough, tough offense to stop. Bucks look good. Mookie Betts might be one of the best baseball players I've ever seen personally. Just he just got another. He's four for four in tonight's game. Four for four. This guy shows up in just big spots. And I've seen a lot. I mean, I'm 28 years old. I've seen a lot of good baseball players. Yeah, I saw Ken Griffey Jr., okay? That guy was the stud. Luis Gonzalez, one of my favorite players of all time. I've seen I've seen all the guys, Pujols, Maguire. I've seen, I've seen a bunch of guys. But when it comes to just pure baseball form, Mookie Betts might be one of the best I have literally ever seen, if not the best. It's just so silky smooth. Mookie reminds me of Justin Herbert. He just makes it look so easy. Stealing a base. You know, catching a fly ball, swinging the bat, hitting a home run. He just makes it look easy like Herbert does. Just makes it easy like Sunday morning. Sorry, like, well, I'm, I'm really into this baseball game. I mean, postseason baseball, folks, nothing like postseason baseball. There's not a lot of things like postseason baseball. Postseason hockey I've recently started getting into. Baseball, I didn't watch that much baseball this year. But when it comes to postseason baseball, I am all about it. Let's transition from, you know, baseball even though, you know, it's one out, two on, top of the eighth, Dodgers are up. We'll see what happens here. Maybe he jacks it. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But let's get into these football games. All right, we got week six, early games, early slate of games. Now, the bye week starts this week. It's Atlanta, and I don't know who else is on the bye. But the bye start this week, so we're going to get a little, you know, it's not going to be nine early games anymore and four late games. It's going to be like seven or eight early games and then the three late games, which is, you know, it sucks, but it is what it is. You know, this is how it goes. This is how we write it. Uh, so early games, Dolphins and the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is not a very enticing game for a lot of guys. Sometimes like, yeah, the Miami Dolphins playing the Jacksonville Jaguars today. You want to go? I'm like, ah, why don't we just watch that one from our couch? Because that's, that's a couch watching game. I do think right here, though, that Jacksonville gets their first win. I would not be surprised if the Jags pull off this win against a very, very dysfunctional Miami Dolphins football team at the moment, their quarterbacks are in shambles. Their offensive line is 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 not very good right now. Terrible. They can't really rush the passer, although they're still playing pretty good defense. I like Jacksonville in this game. Miami is in shambles. They just seem to be, I don't even know, first to worst easy. They won 11 football games last year, folks. 11. It, at this rate, it looks like they're not even going to win four. They are not a very good football team at the moment. Jacksonville is improving. You know, week in, week out, Trevor, we see it with Trevor Lawrence. We see their young playmakers. I would not be shocked Jacksonville ends up winning this game. Vikings and Panthers. This game right here, it might be my favorite. It's definitely one of my favorites of the week, easily. And when you look at it, on, I think it's two good defenses. I think 
Vikings are second in the league in sacks, and Panthers are third or right in there. So these are two teams that can rush the passer. Two offenses that have trouble clicking unless they get into a rhythm, both rhythm-based offenses, both with the run game. Christian McCaffrey might be back for this game. Dalvin Cook might be back for this game. But you might have two of their running backs out working with the backups, which both their backups have been coming and be very viable. You know, Sam Darnold has had a decent season. Kirk Cousins has had a decent season. But they're both rhythm offenses against defenses who – now, the Panthers are a better defense, coverage-wise, tackle-wise, everything. But the Vikings – they're no slouch. They get to the passer. They, 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 they rush the passer really, really well. They're going to make life difficult. This game has a great fourth quarter written all over. I mean, this game could be 10-10 to 10 going into the fourth quarter, and it's like 24-24, like going into overtime or some shit. This game, to me, has a fantastic big fourth quarter written all over it. I'm calling it right here. This is a good game. Vikings are favored in this game. I mean, I think they're favored by two in Carolina. You know, if you don't, if you if you like rooting for the Panthers here, it might not be a bad bet there. You know, putting a little money on the Carolina Panthers there plus two, but I think the fourth quarter in this game is going to be exciting. Chargers Ravens, just two of probably the best, two of the best AFC teams going out right there. I mean, maybe only the Bills are a better AFC, a better team right now in the AFC than the Chargers and the Ravens, both coming off of very, very impressive win. Chargers put up. 47 in that shootout against the Browns. The Ravens off a Monday night thriller. I mean, this game, it's got it's got to make another heavyweight final written all over it. Making of a future potential playoff matchup, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, defenses who are both a little banged up, right? But defenses are still playing at a really high level. I mean, without Marlon Humphreys, the Ravens are still playing at a good level. Derwin James is battling back from injury. He's been okay. Now they're missing Kenneth Murray and some other and some other pieces in their front for the Chargers. But still got Joey Bosa. You know, they're making plays. I think this game is going to be pretty good. Honestly, probably the best early game because when you look at the other ones, all the other ones have a potential for a blowout. I don't think this one... I think this is the only early game that does not have a potential for a blowout. Even that Vikings uh, Vikings Panthers game, I think that has a potential for a blowout because the Vikings, we know how the Vikings come out sometimes. They shit the bed and all of a sudden Panthers are up 28 points. Then they pull an Eagles and then all of a sudden they win like 27 fucking 26. I don't know. But Chargers Ravens, good, good, good early game. I'll definitely be locked into that one. And then we kind of go into some games here that we look on a paper and we go, okay, that's a win, 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 blowout, blowout, blowout. Rams and Giants, I mean, literally a blowout, literally going to be, I mean, no Saquon Barkley, no Kenny Galladay, more than likely no Daniel Jones. I don't even know how this could be a close game. The Rams are one of the best teams in the NFL. The Giants, now, I think the Giants are playing hard. I think they play real hard. I think their defense is better than people give them credit for. But, man, I don't even know who they're rolling out. I, 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 I don't. I, their offense is not going to be able to capable to put up any points. The Rams are going to win this football game. Texans and Colts. After an absolutely amazing, amazing week last year, last week by Davis Mills. Davis Mills put up like three touchdowns, 300 yards. He completed like 66% of his passes. Davis Mills was lighting it up. But now he's got to face a really good Colts defense who did just give up 400 passing yards to Lamar Jackson. However, I will say that like 250 of those 400 yards came in the fourth quarter. So the Colts defense was fantastic and locked down Lamar in that offense for a majority part of that football game. The Texans, they're going to struggle. They're going to struggle against this team. However, it's one of those sneaky games. It's a divisional game. I don't think – I think the Colts are still trying to find their identity. I think that offense is playing better with Wentz, and everyone seems to be healthy now, and they're going. I expect a fight right here out of the Texans. I don't know how close the end result is going to be, but a fight I think we're going to get for three quarters, maybe three and a half. The end result actually might be the Colts winning by 10 or 14 points. But – Expect a little bit of an early competitive game here in the first half. Chiefs and the Washington football team. I think it's a bounce-back game. Chiefs are looking for a big, big, big bounce-back game. And they're going against a team that they should be able to bounce back against. Because as much as I like Washington and I want to root for Heineke and Chase Young is a fucking superstar in the making and Terry McLaurin is the man, they're not – I just – they're not they're not capable of beating the Chiefs from what I've seen from this team. And you can I mean you could say Russ, well the Chiefs are the Chiefs. You're right, the Chiefs are not the Chiefs. Clearly they're working through some issues. 
because they went out and they're so desperate. And I thought this was a really desperate move, which is why I hadn't mentioned it. But since doing so, what the Chiefs are 0-2, they lost two straight or 1-1 when they signed Josh Gordon. And now I keep hearing and now every week all I have to hear is when Josh Gordon is going to start for the Chiefs. It doesn't fucking matter when Josh Gordon starts for the Chiefs. What matters is the Chiefs get this right. Josh Gordon's not going to come in there and fix the problems. The guy that's been suspended nine times in fucking six years? That guy? No. The guy that's had one good season? He has like 13 total touchdowns. He's been in the league since 2011. I know, he's been suspended, Russ. Okay, well, if you can't play, you can't score. I don't want to hear it. Like, I don't want to hear Josh Gordon's going to come in and save the Chiefs. No, he's not going to come and do shit. He's going to sit on the fucking practice squad. But this is a bounce back game. I expect the Chiefs to win by 14. I, I, I 14 points. They're going to throw 14 on them. They're going to throw. They're going to score quick. They're going to score fast. 14 points. Pretty. I think. I think that's what they win by. This is a must bounce back game against a defense that's no slouch, but an offense that come on. Even against that Chiefs defense, who's killing it. Heineke. He's going to be able to put up something. But man, when you're on an onslaught of that offense that's going to get rolling and get hot against the Chiefs, it's tough to win. I think the Chiefs win here by 14 points or more. I mean, I, they need to. They need to. They need to win by a lot. They need to get some momentum. They need to get some mojo. They need to get their mojo back. They need a little Austin Powers, you know, get get that mojo back. Packers and Bears. And I know at first glance, here's another one. They blow out. Russ, blow out. Packers win. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Bears have been playing a lot better here especially the defense, which leads the league in sacks. Well, who is one of the biggest quarterbacks who cry the most? And I know that sounds bad, but cry the most and get a little flustered when they get sacked a lot. Aaron Rodgers. However, Aaron Rodgers, I think is like, I think he's lost to the Bears like three times in his career. I think Matt Nagy is like 0-17 against the Bears. Like, no bullshit. I, I don't think I don't think the Bears have beaten the Packers since Matt Nagy's taken over. So I'm not picking the Bears. The Bears to like upset them or anything. However, I think this game in Chicago, it's gonna be a lot closer than people think. These games are literally they are. I think w- with how this offense is going, Justin Fields, this defense knows that they gotta try to get up and play. Now look, the Packers can come out. Like I said. Every other game but this Ravens-Chargers game could be a blowout. We can look up the end of the first quarter. It's 21-0. Like, oh, this game's fucking done. Justin Fields has got, like, negative seven yards. You know, they can't run the football. It's 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 possible. It's, of course it is. But I think the Bears are playing well right now. I think Nagy is trying to put them in a situation where they play good football on both sides of the ball. I'm not going to be surprised here if this is a three-point victory by the Green Bay Packers. Bengals and Lions. Another not-so-great one on paper. But these two teams just came off of kind of heartbreaking loss. Now, the Lions a little bit more than the Bengals, but the Bengals had the Packers and Aaron Rodgers in their sight. Had them in their sights, and they let them off the hook. And the Lions, I mean, what more can you say? What more can you say? I mean, just Dan Campbell crying at the podium for his team. Crying because they just can't fucking win a game. Well, they're probably not going to win another one because this Bengals offense is a rolling. Defense looked good against Aaron, even though Devontae had like 20 catches for 117,000 yards and four touchdowns. But this this defense is good. This defense is, is, is young. They're fiery. I love Logan Wilson. He's one of the best young linebackers in the league. Uh, uh, the kid from Ohio State that was opposite of Chase Young for or opposite of one, one of the Boses, I think, for a year or something. Kid's good. Kid's good. And this, I mean, Jamar Chase is uncoverable. I mean, peanut butter and jelly is what Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow are. These two guys might have a connection that's pretty special. I don't think the Lions get a win here just because I don't think they can score enough points. I think it's a little bit of a fight. Like I've been calling all of these games a fight. These games are all, or a lot of these early games are just fights against teams that honestly shouldn't win a lot of them. The Bears, the Lions, Washington, Texas, the Texans, the Giants. You know, like these games, you know, these teams shouldn't win these. They shouldn't win the games. Like the Giants should not beat the Rams without their starting wide receiver, running back, and quarterback. Like Washington, the Washington football team should not beat the Chiefs. They just shouldn't. Packers shouldn't lose to the Bears. But a lot of these games are going to be hard-fought games on early mornings. That's what a lot of them are going to be. Some of them are going to be blowouts. 
Some of them are going to be surprisingly close. Like, I think the Bears and Packers might be. Like, I think this Lions-Bengals might be until the second half, maybe third, fourth quarter. Joe Burrow and them are going to start putting it on. The Lions just can't score enough points. I mean, when Jared Goff's your quarterback, you're pretty limited the amount of points you can score. You know, even – I know the Lions, they don't have as much talent around them, but, you know, early slated games – just expect a lot of dogfight. I suggest you start drinking early. Enjoy the games a lot better if you do. Because when you look at them, there could be a chance that there's really only one or two good games on early. And if you're a red zone guy like myself, you know, you're popping through these games. You're just going to be watching one or two. Well, you might as well just keep drinking or making a shot game out of it because it's fun. All right, let's transition into the late afternoon games. There are three of them. First Cowboys at New England. Now, the Cowboys are a real team. The boys, they're a real team here, folks. They are a real team. They're a team that can score at will, and they are causing turnovers just the same. I mean, it seems like whenever they want a turnover or whenever they need a turnover, they're getting one. Very unlike the Cowboys the past couple of years. Now, where I don't think their defense is fantastic, they're not going to be stopping or holding teams to a lot of yards, you know, or, or they do, they, but they're not bending. They're not breaking, I should say. They, they bend a little bit, but they're not breaking down on the goal line. They're not giving up a lot of points. They're causing turnovers. This this offense with Zeke, who looks a lot better, their offensive line, ooh, no one really saw how good they were performing this year come. Dak looks like he's taking another step. CeeDee Lamb's the the man. Amari, as long as he's healthy, he's good. I like both of their tight ends and Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz. This is an offense that can score at will with anybody. And this defense is causing turnovers, and they're wreaking a little bit of havoc here. I think Mac Jones kind of is going to struggle. He's going to make some mistakes. He's going to throw a couple picks. I think this Dallas team scores quick. They score often. I don't know. I don't. Well, I do know that the Patriots don't have enough firepower. Mac Jones and this offense do not have enough firepower to compete if this becomes a shootout. And we've seen pretty much every single Cowboys game this year become a shootout. Even week one against the Bucks, it basically was a shootout. That's what we're seeing. <coughs> Sorry, I'm just looking up at this baseball game. Getting lost in the baseball game. So Cowboys, honestly, probably going to win this football game. Uh, be hard-pressed to imagine the Patriots could score enough points to beat the pretty good Pretty freaking good Dallas Cowboys. Raiders at Broncos. It's a sneaky game. Really sneaky good football game here, folks. A divisional AFC Wedge matchup. The Raiders' first game since John Gruden resigned. Now they're going to have, uh, you know, Brizari, whatever his name is, take over for interim. I think the Raiders are going to come out with a little chip on their shoulder. I think Derek Carr is in that defense. They're going to come out kind of hot. They're going to come out, I think, with a full head of steam. And they're going to try to bully around this Denver Broncos team that's really, really good on defense. But the Raiders are really, really good on offense. And the Broncos, they're not very good on offense. And the Raiders' defense is much improved. The Broncos are a three, what was it? I think they were a three-and-a-half point favorite. Three-and-a-half point favorite. I understand the Raiders have lost two in a row now. I understand that John Gruden has now resigned, and, and it seems like this fucking this can get out of hand at any time here this season. And it could. And I said that on my last podcast. But this week, against a Teddy Bridgewater-led team that can score 16 points a game, a defense that has to hold them up against really good players like Henry Ruggs, CeeDee Lamb, Derek Carr. I uh, said CeeDee Lamb, sorry. Darren Waller, not CeeDee Lamb. Darren Waller, Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake. I just, I like Ryan Edwards. I like the Raiders in this matchup. I think the Raiders come out with a little fire in their belly, kind of feeling like, shit, this is not how this is going to go. We're a, good, we're a good team. This sucks. We lost our coach. Fuck it. We're going to come out and we're going to try to bully you. I think that's going to be their mindset because I think that's what Derek Carr's mindset is. And I think that's what Derek Carr, Derek Carr is going to translate to his teammates, to his team, to his captains. They're going to come out here and try to kick the shit out of the Broncos. I think they're going to try to do it early, too. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of heavy dose of run game, try to run it down their throat, nice deep ball action, it, you know, really, really early. First quarter, run, run deep balls. A lot of deep ball shots, trying to be real physical. I, I, I like this game. This game excites me. I think this is the second best of the late games. 
because easily the best game of the day. I mean, other than maybe the Sunday night game, which it's not. I mean, I, I take that back. Sunday night game is not the best. Clearly the best game of Sunday is the Arizona Cardinals 5-0 and going to the Cleveland Browns 3-2. and Fantastic football game. I mean, fantastic football game. We have one of the best offenses in the league, young offenses, against one of the best young defenses in the league. When you got guys like Jeremiah Usukomo making fucking plays every week, ladies and gentlemen. Now, this defense gave up 47 points to Justin Herbert in the Chargers last week. So it's not like we're dealing with the 85 Bears like I talked about before that game on last week's pod for that Chargers-Browns game. Talked about how I'm not going to be surprised if Herbert lights it up. What did Herbert do? Herbert lit it up. Now, this game, no Chandler Jones for the Cardinals. He's on the COVID list. But the bigger thing to me is no Rodney Hudson, their center. Now, he hurt himself uh, two weeks ago, and he didn't play in that Niner game. The backup did, Garcia, and he held it together pretty good. And that's a good front seven you're going against in the Niners. But this is a different atmosphere now. You're going to Cleveland, second straight week, you know, without Hudson there. Hopefully they can pull it together. But when you got Miles Garrett, right, and you got this fucking guy who's having this season and this defense that can come and fly at you, you really need somebody to hold it down in the middle. Just anchor you down. Rodney Hudson, I think, is a decent, decent, big loss for the Cardinals that they need to overcome. They need to. For the Browns, on the flip side, they are playing an offense that is dynamic as shit. They are really, really dynamic, the Cardinals are. And their offense is playing a defense who, well, people are starting to give credit for because it's one of the reasons why they're 5-0. and We saw that last week. So the Browns have a t- tough matchup here. I mean, both, this, is, this is a hard matchup for both teams. I, but I think for the Browns, I think at the end of the day, this game is going to come down to one or two big plays. And I think this game has a chance to be real close. One of those fourth quarter kind of, you know, game winners walk off, you know, field goals. But I think it's going to be along the lines of last week's football game. When we saw the Cleveland Browns on third and eight, I guess, third and eight, third and ten, they ran the football. They decided not to to put the football in Baker Mayfield's hands. And honestly, if in this game, I think it's going to come down to a situation where the ball is going to need to be put in Baker Mayfield's hands. And I don't know if Kevin Stefanski trusts Baker in that spot. And to be honest, from watching Baker Mayfield, I don't know if he trusts himself in that spot because it doesn't seem like he ever has before unless he was wearing an OU jersey and had his savior Lincoln Riley as his co- as his coach. It's the only time that Baker Mayfield in his career that I have watched him look comfortable with the ball in his hands late. He gets happy feet. He tries to press. He rolls out of the pocket too early. He gets sacks. He causes turnovers. Now, Baker Mayfield is not the problem. It was not the reason why the Browns lost last week. But Kevin Stefanski on third and eight, your tie ball game, and you run it. I talked about this last week. I think they're going to need to put the ball in Baker Mayfield's hands if they're going to want to win this football game. I don't know if Kevin Stefanski trusts him. I don't know if he's going to do it. I know who's going to get the ball in that situation on the other team, Kyler Murray. That's who's going to get the ball. We're not going to run it on third and ten. We're not going to give you the ball back. No, we're going to throw it. We're going to make a play. You're going to put it in your quarterback's hands to make it happen. I think this game comes down to that. One of these quarterbacks is going to have to have the ball in their hands late. I know for the Cardinals that Cliff is going to put it in Kyler's hands, and he's going to make a play. But for the Browns, I don't even know if Kevin Stefanski is even going to put it in Baker's hands. Very, very interesting game. I'm a Cardinals fan. 
I want to go 6-0, but I am locked into this game for so many different reasons. I want to see the coaching matchup between Cliff and, and Kevin. I want to see the quarterback matchup. I want to see what Baker looks like against Kyler. I know they don't play each other, but last, last week I watched the difference between Justin Herbert and Baker Mayfield, and there's a clear difference. And I'm about to watch one OU quarterback to another, and there's going to be a clear difference. Doesn't mean Baker's bad. Doesn't mean Baker's not going to play good. But there's a difference when the guy's on the field. And I think we're going to see it when the ball needs to be put in his hands late again. And, and Kevin Stefanski maybe chooses to run the ball again. All right, Sunday night football. This Sunday night game is going to suck. It's going to suck for a couple reasons. But just for me as a fan. However, I think this game has big implications for both teams. Sunday night. Seattle Seahawks are traveling to the Pittsburgh Steelers where Russell Wilson will not start his first game ever. He's not going to start. This is his first time in his career since he's got drafted that he will not suit up for the Seattle Seahawks. Not ideal here. Not ideal here for the Seattle team having to travel to Pittsburgh. First of all, that's a decent travel. Second of all, you're doing a Sunday night. Third of all, you're playing this defense without Russell Wilson and Geno Smith. That's just, ugh, it's Halloween, so that shit's getting scary. It's getting scary out here for Seattle. Pivotal game for both teams. I, 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 I really, really do believe this is a huge game. Seattle, this is almost a must win because there are not very many more winnable games without Russell Wilson. And I'm not trying to say the Steelers suck and this is a winnable game. No, what I'm trying to say is, well, the Steelers have been struggling to put up fucking points all year, even with how good their defense has been. They struggle to put up points. And I know last week they kind of found their stride, but then they let the Broncos back in that football game. And they kind of just felt like they stopped scoring, right? Their defense is going to hold them in football games. And it's going to keep it. The other team is going to have to score more than the Steelers' offense. But without Russell Wilson, you have Geno Smith. I just don't know, honestly, how much this offense can do. Now, you still got Tyler Lockett. You still got DK Metcalf. You can put the ball in those guys' hands. You can make have them make a play. Chris Carson, he's good. No slouch there. And Geno, I'll give him to his credit, looked really good when he came in, you know, for that series. Technically, I guess two or three series. He looked, he looked good, especially that first one. He looked really good when they went down and scored. But he's not going to look like that a whole game, especially not against the Pittsburgh defense. No way. Seattle does not have very more winnable games. If Russell Wilson's out five weeks and they start by losing this game and they lose back to back and then they have to go. And I think they play Jacksonville next, which that's fine. That's a win. Maybe. Right. Maybe that's a win. We'll see how you play this week. But then you got nothing but Cardinals, Rams, Browns. You, you got you got you got games you cannot win with Geno Smith. You just don't. This is a big game. I, like you got to try to the Seahawks got to try to come out and win this football game. Keep it close. Keep it low scoring and win this game. But I don't know if they're gonna put enough points because the Pittsburgh defense and, and T.J. Watt they're they're uh, they're pretty real here, folks. They are pretty real defense. They're the only reason why the Steelers have a win this year. And the Steelers got one last week. They needed one, and they're trying to get one again on Sunday night which they need. Let's get two in a row. Let's start building a rhythm. The Steelers need this win. It's a must win, an absolute must win for both teams. The Steelers play the Browns next, right? So if they can get a win here and they go to Cleveland, let's say they lose in Cleveland. Okay. But they have very, very winnable games. They play the Bears, then the Lions. They can get back on track with both of those games. You know, but then they, you know, they kind of stumble up and play some tough games after that. Chargers, you know, they got the Bengals in there, which is divisional. It can go either way. You never know. You know, the Ravens, same thing. I think they play the Vikings and the Titans. There's some winnable games in here, non-division, for the Steelers, and they need to win them. They, they just do. They need to beat Seattle. They need to beat the Bears. They need to beat the Lions. They need to get a groove going. Ben needs a groove. This offense needs a rhythm. They need to get some momentum and some confidence. And it starts Sunday night at home against the Russell Wilson-less Seattle Seahawks. And you got to do it. You got to make. To me, this needs to be a statement win for Seattle. 
They're favored by like fucking four and a half, five points, and they should be. Because, look, Geno Smith, he's a real nice guy. And that's, you know, that's the thing. You never notice, that's the thing that we say about backup quarterbacks or, or quarterbacks in the league that, you know, really just shouldn't be starting anymore or just shouldn't start. They're a nice guy. You know, like Nick Foles. Nick Foles, nice guy. Andy Dalton, what a nice guy. Look, Andy Dalton's a nice guy. You know, Geno Smith's a nice guy. I like Geno. I like rooting for him at West Virginia. You know, I, I, think, he's a, I think he's a good guy. But man, Geno Smith's not beating the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not unless this not unless this team goes off. Chris Carson's got to have a fantastic game. Ty, uh, 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 Tyra Lockett, DK Metcalf, that'd be out of their mind. Oh, and not to mention their defense that can't fucking cover shit has to go against Claypool, you know, who's no slouch. Deontay Johnson, who's just getting better and better every week. You know, like, I, I think this game has a chance to be pretty low scoring. I don't know what the under is, but I wouldn't mind taking it. But this is a must win for absolute both teams. It is a, this is a season changing game season changing game the Seahawks can just be abysmal after this two straight losses only they'll be two and what two and five on the season or two and four on the season see the Steelers need to win this football game they need to get some momentum going if they want any shot of winning this division they want any shot at making the playoffs and they know it big Sunday night game honestly maybe not going to be the most entertaining to watch probably not the most entertaining probably going to suck Probably going to suck because Russell Wilson's not there. Probably going to suck because Big Ben can't fucking do it anymore. These teams need a win. It's a big, big Sunday night game because for these franchises moving forward, maybe even for the future of these franchises, a.k.a. Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, are they going to be there at the end of the year? Big Ben, his, his, I mean, he should be gone, but what are the Steelers going to do? Maybe the Steelers lose this game. They lose a couple. They lose to the Browns. Now that all of a sudden they, go, they start to spiral. Now, I mean, I'd just be looking for Aaron Rodgers if I'm then at that point, but huge, huge implications for this Sunday night football game. And the Monday night game, Bills at Nashville, Tennessee to take on the Titans. Honestly, the Bills should win this game by 14 points. I I keep saying this. I don't think the Titans are a good football team. And I think the Buffalo Bills are the best team in the NFL. Now, the first half of that Buccaneers game, I kind of thought, you know what, I think maybe Bucks might be the best team, but I, they're not. The Bills are. The Titans don't have a defense. And while the Titans can score and put up numbers with A.J. and Julio and, and, and Derrick Henry, of course, and Tannehill's no slouch, I just, the Bills are right now clicking on all cylinders. I don't think this game's going to be very close. I think we're going to have, a, I think there's a chance for a decent amount of blowouts in this week. I think you're going to see some in the early game. The late window may be tougher to get a blowout. I could see the Cowboys probably blow them out. I don't think the other two will be. Sunday night can easily be a Steeler blowout, and Monday night can easily be a Bills blowout. Now you could say, well, what about the why, why, can the, why can't the Titans blow them out? I don't think the Titans are blowing out anybody because their defense can't stop anybody. And the Bills aren't going to get – Josh Allen's not going to be stopped by that defense. Josh Allen hurdles a guy every game. I think he hurdled three guys in a row last week. They just lined up and he jumped all over them. You just be fucking, just go run track and field, Josh. It's insane. This offense is ridiculous. AJ Epinesa, a, a, a Boogie Basham, and Gregory Rousseau, the young guys, are dominating for the front for this Bills defense. I don't think this is a close game because I don't think the Titans are any good. Now, it could be something like tonight. Where, where fucking Bucks are just cakewalking through the whole thing. The Bills are up. All of a sudden, we, we, we look up, and Titans are only down by eight points in fourth quarter with four minutes left. And we go, we got a ball game here, folks. But we really don't have a ball game because then Josh gets it in his hand, and he takes down a four-minute drive, and then the game's over. And it's like, yeah, well, they the uh, Titans started coming back. They only lost by eight. Yeah, but it didn't feel like they lost by eight. It feels like they lost by 28 because they got outclassed and outworked the whole game. It's, it's what happened tonight with the Bucks and Eagles. Somehow you look up, it's a six-point football game. Now, that could happen. But I think Bills by 14 here is the fucking play. All right, with that, let's move on to the best part of the week. The bets of the week. Easily the best part of the week. The thing that I look forward to most on my podcast. I literally just spew nonsense out of my mouth for 45 minutes just to wait till I could get to the bets of the week and let you guys make some little money, a little quiche. Uh, we're not doing too bad. 
you know, a little bit of a rough, well, I wouldn't even say rough week. I mean, 1-1-1, one, one, and one, you know, 1-1, one, one, lost one, pushed one, makes me 10-6-1 on the year. We're making money. We're in the positives. If you are riding this, if, if you are coming on this trip with me on FanDuel, all right, and you're following me the bets this, I just, let's, let's keep going. Let's keep riding the dragon, whatever the kids is riding the dragon. Is that, is that, is that the phrase? I don't know, but let's keep going. Let's keep rocking and rolling. I got three tasty ones for you this week, ladies and gentlemen. First up, Carolina in the Vikings. I like the over 45 and a half points. Let me tell you why I like the over. Well, I told you why earlier. I think this is going to be a fourth. I think this game is set up to be a fourth quarter shootout. I think this game could be 10-10 going in the fourth quarter. Something like uh, maybe even something like 17-14 going in the fourth quarter. All of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. We've seen this from both teams throughout this whole year so far. We've seen the Vikings. They come up in the fourth quarter. All of a sudden, they score 14 points. Same with Carolina. I like the over 45 and a half. 45 and a half is not that much, folks. 45 and a half is not that much. I mean, we win this uh, the, I mean, the football game here, 27-24. Guess what? Boom, boom, you got the over. Easy, easy. I think this cake, Carolina, you know, Vikings, take the over 45 and a half. Raiders plus three and a half over the Denver Broncos. I don't like it. I love it with the kicker. You gotta get it with the kicker, folks. If you don't have it with the with the with the point five, three point five is what it needs to say. Yeah, don't take it unless you can, you know, add a half a point to that. This is it. I'm telling you, Raiders are gonna come out. They're gonna punch him in the mouth. They're gonna bring the spirit of John Gruden with them, and they're gonna come out and punch the Broncos in the mouth. Three and a half is the kicker here, folks, because they can still lose by three. And guess what? We win. I think this is going to be a tight, close game. AFC West matchup. I like it offense against defense. I, I, I think it's good here. I think the three and a half is a really solid number. I actually saw it at four on Monday. It got down real quick. So I think a lot of people probably bet on the Raiders at four, which is an insane number. But four and three and a half, it's the same thing. Same, It's pretty much the same thing. You just can't push. That's it. You just can't push on a half a point. Raiders plus three and a half. Last but not least, this one, I kind of went back and forth. There was a couple I was looking at. To be honest, I didn't mind throwing Carolina or the Vikings. You know, Carolina's plus two. The Vikings are minus two. Look, take your pick in that game. That's pretty much a pick em. You know, it, it's 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 in Minnesota. I already have the over for that bet. If you If you like either one of those teams... I'd say just, just just take whichever one you want. Plus two, minus two, There's it's pretty much a pick em right at this point. So I struggled a little bit, but then when I came down to it, I said, okay, look, one of the things that I do when I bet is I look to see, can I get a potential playoff team with some solid points over a potential non-playoff team? That's how I like to make a lot of my bets. It's 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 a little bit of a philosophy I live by. Now sometimes you know I'm like Plato. I go off of my philosophy every once in a while. You know I like to walk the tightrope, but that's what I like to live by. And when I saw this, the Chiefs minus six and a half against Washington. At first I thought, you know, I just don't like taking numbers that big. But I thought about it. It's under a touchdown. And I just talked about how I think this is a bounce-back game for the Chiefs, and they're going to come out red-hot, firing, and win by 10 to 14 points. I mean, if this was seven, I might not take it. But again, just like the Raiders game, the half a point is the kicker here, folks. I really think the Chiefs can easily win this game by seven or more points. That's all you need to win at six and a half. And, and, and I don't usually take favorites this with this many points. But I like this game in this spot. You know, I think Washington's going to struggle a little bit, even though they are playing some good football right now. I just think the Chiefs need to try to get back on track. I think they're kind of desperate a little bit to get back on track. I think Mahomes is a little upset and a little angry. And when you see angry Mahomes throw the football, it's usually pretty good. So I like the Chiefs minus six and a half against Washington. It's a lot of points, but honestly, it's just a touchdown. And for the Chiefs, that kind of feels like three points, to be honest. So we got Carolina and the Vikings on the over, 45 and a half. Raiders plus three and a half over the Broncos. 
and the Chiefs by a touchdown or more at Washington. Lock them in. All right, guys, I think that's going to go ahead and do it for me tonight. Uh, look, I hope you're having a great Friday or Saturday if you're listening to this. Have a fantastic weekend. I hope you just enjoy football. Throw some bets on there. I'm telling you guys, betting, gambling is legal now. And I, I, you don't, I, I can't even tell you the amount of friends that I've had in multiple group chats or, or just message me personally that just say, hey, you know, I, I, I just want, I want to try it. I want to get involved. Well, you want to get involved? We'll do this. Go to FanDuel right now. FanDuel, there's promos like crazy. Wait for a good one to sign up. You know, the Colin Cow, the Herd is a really good promo right now. You know, Colin Cowherd's one. That's really good. Just, just, just do it. Have a little fun. You know, throw a little $5 bet here, $10 bet there. If you just, you know, you want to dabble on the little stuff, no problem. Follow me. Follow my bets. Follow me on my Instagram. I give out more. I'll give out more for the Sunday night game, for parlays, for the Monday night game. You know, Russell underscore Goddard 55 on all social media platforms. Go ahead and follow me there. Let's just do it. Let's make some money, baby. Let's have a great weekend. I hope you guys fucking love it. Enjoy enjoy football on Saturday. Enjoy football on Sunday. We got golf going again. It's uh, hard to be beat postseason playoff baseball, which as of right now, I think we're going to the ninth inning, tied 1-1. What a fantastic, another fantastic game here for, uh, for this series. But all right, everybody, I will talk to you after the Monday night game. Enjoy your weekend. Stay safe. Have a good one. Peace. going on everybody welcome back to another episode of breaking the goal line podcast i am your host as always russell goddard and i'm coming to you live after the thursday night football game bucks at eagles honestly kind of a snooze fest the first three and a half quarters and then the buccaneers just let the eagles back in this football game i honestly don't know if i've ever seen anything like this i don't know what the fuck they were doing they were. It was kind of like two tale of two different halves, you know, tale of two different cities, a tale of two different halves almost with this Bucks game. Ended up edging out the win. I got some thoughts on that right off the bat. Thoughts on Jalen Hurts right off the bat. Um, we're also gonna get into all these week six games like we always do. Week six, not a huge slate of a lot of good games to be honest. When you look around, there's a lot of fill of uh, you know Dolphins against Jags and and Rams against the you know without Daniel Jones against the Giants. A lot of games that you look down, you're like, ah, probably not a good game. Some sleepy, sneaky games here this week that I want to get in and talk about. The Sunday night game, I think that uh, no Russell Wilson is huge for the Seattle Seahawks. Pivotal moment here, I think, for both teams, Seahawks and the Steelers. We'll talk about that and get into the bets of the week, as always, on a Monday. But first... Like always, if you can go ahead and subscribe, that would be fantastic if you have not. And if you already have, thank you very much. I do appreciate it. Let's go. Week six.